Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at capitalchurch.co. I'm so excited to be up here this morning. Good morning. My name is Kelly. If you do not know me, I'm married to Chris Wilds, the amazing preacher who's been crushing it every week. Have you been so blessed by these messages? Oh, my word. I mean, I'm just like, who did I marry? He's incredible. And I'm just so thankful that he... He, he studies the word of God like nobody that I know. He loves the Bible. He doesn't just come up here and preach it. He lives this. He reads God's word all the time. And we've been, we are so blessed to have his teaching. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to bring a word today that, I've, that the Holy Spirit put on my heart. And I hope it will bless you this morning. Um, in a lot of ways, it's kind of my life message. Um, and we're going to talk today about prayer. And how many of you believe in the power of prayer? The Bible says, come on, I know I'm talking to the right people this morning. Jesus said, my house shall be called what? A house of prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer. So we should, we should really consider the power of prayer since God, Jesus said his very house will be called the house of prayer. So we're going to be kicking off a new series today for the next like six weeks or so. And hopefully just igniting a fresh passion in each one of us for prayer. A hunger for prayer like never before. Now, maybe your prayer life is like on fire and that is incredible. But how many of you know there's always more in Jesus? There's always more. There's always greater depths. There's always places that God wants to take us to. So my prayer for each one of us today is that God would ignite something fresh in us today. Turn to your neighbor and say something fresh. Say, this is for you. This is for me. Amen. So, Lord, this morning, we just thank you, God, that you would come and you would speak to our hearts. We thank you, Jesus, that this is your word that is alive and living and powerful and active and able to cut and divide our hearts, Lord. And I thank you that your word would come forth in power in each one of our hearts today. Lord, as I talk about the power of the seed, let your word be planted in our hearts today that it would grow and produce much fruit. And we ask today for remaining fruit. Lord, that let there be remaining fruit today, that we grab a hold of something that you have for us today by faith, and we will never be the same in Jesus' name. If you believe that this morning, can you say amen? Amen. Well, how many of you have a character in the Bible that you just, you love, you resonate with their story? We all probably have one, right? Wave at me if you have a story that's like your favorite story. You're like, this is who I want to be like, Lord. Well, for me, one of those characters in the Bible, I have a few, but one of them for me is the story of the centurion. I just, I've always like been in awe of this story. It always stops me in my tracks. Whenever I'm going through the gospels, it's one of those stories I stop and I just have to read through it over and over because I what did Jesus say? Sal so eloquently read it this morning. Jesus said, I've never seen such faith like this in all of Israel. Okay, that like stops me in my tracks. I don't know about you, but I'm like, okay, I want that. I want the kind of faith that gets Jesus's attention. I want the kind of faith that Jesus marvels at. And I love that it was with a centurion. 
It, it, he, it was a Gentile. He wasn't a Jew. It wasn't someone who was studying the Torah. He didn't like have know all the ins and outs of God. It was a centurion. Does that give you hope today that this is for any of us, that all of us can grab a hold of us this morning? So I want to go through the scripture one more time because this scripture is so powerful. Jesus is ministering. He's walking through the streets. I believe he had just, I can't remember the, the context right before it. My mind just went blank. I have seven children, so bear with me this morning if I have mom brain. But I, I promise I, I did know it. I just can't think of it. But it says, when he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him. And he said, Lord. Okay, stop right there. What, is he, what did he say? Lord. So he right here is acknowledging who, his, who he believes Jesus to be. How did he have this revelation? It's fascinating to me. Did Peter even have this revelation yet? I don't know. Peter, some of you, who are the Peters in this room? It takes you a little while to catch up, right? But the centurion, this random Roman officer, if you didn't know, sorry, I should have, a centurion is a Roman officer. He was in charge of 100 soldiers. And he, he had this revelation. He said, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering, suffering terribly. And he said to him, and Jesus said to him, oh, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Okay, this is great humility right here. Can I, we can just pause right here and, and let me just tell you, humility and faith will take you far in Jesus, okay? I love this. He said, Lord, I'm not with, he understood he was sensitive to the Jewish custom, that it wasn't, it wasn't custom for, Jew, for Jews to enter the homes of Gentiles, or they would become ceremonially unclean. So he's respecting the Jewish tradition here. He's, he's operating in humility. He says, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but don't worry, just say the word. Say the word, and my servant will be healed. Now, this is amazing faith, this is incredible faith. He, he, he's saying, I don't even need you to come and lay hands on him. I know your Lord. You could just say the word. Say the word and my servant will be healed. Come on. One of you, some of you need to grab a hold of that today and say, Lord, I want that kind of faith. For He says, for I too, how does he have this kind of faith? I, I'm fascinated. Well, let's go further. He says, for I too am a man under authority with soldiers underneath me. So he's a man that he, he has people that he's, has, he have given him authority to then have authority over other people. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. So when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, can you imagine those poor disciples, right? Jesus is like, hey, guys. <laughs> take a lesson here from the, the Roman centurion. He says, truly, I tell you with no one in Israel have I found such faith, powerful. I tell you many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. Why? For those who don't believe. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, go and let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. This is a powerful scripture. See, the centurion understood the authority that Jesus had. 
Why? Because he too was a man under authority. And he too, because of that, was given authority over those underneath him. So he understood something that most of Israel did not yet understand, that Jesus was in fact the son of God. He understands who Jesus is, the son of the father, and therefore he has authority to command devils and diseases to cease because he is one with the father. We have to understand our authority in Jesus. We too have been given this same authority. It's, I, love that G, I love that in this context, it's not a Jew, it's a Gentile. I just think that's so, God is saying, hey, this is for anyone. And it says, you know what, those that would you know, belong to the nation of Israel, it doesn't mean they're, 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 they're going to recline with Abraham and Isaac. It's all about faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of heaven. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So my prayer for us today is that we would grab a hold of this kind of faith. We would be those, like, we would be like the centurion who believed, who believed the authority that Jesus has. And he said, you can just say the word. Can I tell you, your words are powerful. Jesus, God spoke into existence, creation. God spoke you into existence. And we have the same authority. The word of God is just as powerful in your mouth as it is in his mouth. It, because it's not about you, it's about the word. The word of God is powerful in your mouth. Therefore, we are to exercise our authority. But the devil doesn't want you exercising your authority. He does not want you praying. He does not want you to understand the authority that has been entrusted to you. But can I remind you today, we are co-laborers with Jesus. We are joint heirs with Christ. Jesus said, I am going to be with the Father, but I will leave with you the Holy Spirit, and greater things will you do because I go to heaven. Jesus has commanded us to, to be his hands and feet on the earth. And he says, I have left with you my authority. I love this. I love this because I think it's a beautiful picture. We are simply an extension of Jesus. We are his hands and feet. And how, we must understand what authority is. What is authority? If you really bring it down to its most simplest form, it's really just a true understanding of who Jesus is. And it's also a correct understanding of who you are in him. How do we get this authority? Well, I think we can make a strong case that authority is birthed through intimacy. Authority is, is discovered, it's received through our time with Jesus. How do you learn who Jesus is? How do you learn, how do you discover who you are in him? It's through time with him. John 15, the beautiful scripture in the message translation, I'm going to read it. It says, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. We are an extension of him. When you are joined with me and I with you, I love this, the relationship, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me 
and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce fruit, when you mature as my disciples. I read this scripture and I've, I, we're so blessed. We have a new nephew in our, our family right now. And so this immediately this picture of uh, our newborn popped into my mind. And can I tell you, I've gotten to snuggle. Oh my gosh, I just love him so much. He's the cutest thing. But can, and, and he loves, newborns love being snuggled. But can I tell you, there's nothing when his mama comes around. There's nothing like mama, right? Because mama is home. The, the babies, they know the sound of their mom's voice. They can smell them. They can sense them when they walk into a room. And I instantly got this picture of my little nephew nestled into his mom, Tracy's arms. And that's the, that's the picture God wants for us in our relationship with him. It's intimate. It's organic. It's where we're nestled into him. We're spending time with him. And because we're with him, we now have authority to declare his will on the earth. We, he says, because you're with me, because you know me, because you know my will, you can ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Isn't that powerful? This is the authority that has been entrusted to us as his sons and daughters. And so my prayer for us is that we would begin to pray with authority. We would begin to bind and loose like never before. How many of you know our world needs Jesus right now? Yes, our world needs Jesus desperately. They need to see the light of God. Right now, the darkness, is so, it feels so prevalent, right? But how many of you know the darkness does not win? The light always whatever the word is, shuts out the darkness. I can't even think of it. Like I said, mom brain, I preface that. The light always wins, right? And so the, the world needs to see right now the people of God walking in their God-given authority, binding and loosing, saying, no, it might look like this, but God says this. And we declare his will, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See the centurion. The centurion understood this so well. He understood the power in the name of Jesus. And we too must understand the power in the name of Jesus. We are conduits of his glory here on earth. We are his image bearers. We are meant to bear the image of Christ to a hurting and afraid world. We are meant to call back into alignment. Everything that is out of alignment, everything that is broken, everything that is hurting, every disease, every outcast, we are meant to call them back and bring them into alignment with Jesus Christ and his will for them. Can you say amen, church? Amen. This is the authority that has been entrusted to us. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Don't, don't get it twisted. I don't know why I keep saying that lately, but I've been saying that to my husband lately. Don't get it twisted. But it's not about us. It's about him. Okay? It's all about Jesus. But he has entrusted us because he's no longer walking the earth. We are his representation. And we are meant to, we should 
see miracles and signs and wonders and healings and breakthroughs and restoration constantly. It should shock us to not see that rather than to see that, right? Because if you read the Gospels, you see wherever Jesus went, miracles broke out. Healings broke out. We should be doing the same exact thing. Amen? So understanding our authority in prayer is so important because our prayers are like the water that helps grow the seeds of faith that God gives us. Just like the centurion, any one of us has the potential to live a crazy life of faith in Jesus. Matthew 17, 20 likens faith to a seed. It says, if you have faith, even as tiny as a mustard seed. Now, before I read that and I, I might not be theologically sound here. There's probably a little bit of double more meaning here. But I think a lot of times we think, oh, it's like God's like talking about the measure of faith, the amount of faith. I think honestly what, what the scripture is saying in a lot of ways is that faith is a tiny seed. It comes in a seed form. It's, it's unassuming. It's tiny at first, right? But the power of the mustard seed is that once you plant it, it can, and you water it, it can grow into a massive tree. That's what faith is like. Faith comes in a seed form. Sometimes it's so tiny, it's so unassuming, you could trample it. You could throw it to the side. I just am of the conviction that God is so much greater than we could ever imagine. He's so much better than we could ever dream. Have you heard that story of, I think someone who died went to heaven and they saw a massive warehouse and they, full of gifts and presents and they said, what, what is this? And they said, those are the unanswered prayers of God's people. I just think that God is so good that he has far more for us than we ever enter into and walk in. Faith is like a tiny little seed. It's so unassuming that we could easily pass it by. But I love the power of the seed because if you choose to grab a hold of it by faith and then you water it in prayer, a continual watering of that seed, man, who knows? Who knows what God could produce through that? I love the power of the seed. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians one through 17. And I love this because Paul is talking to the church of Corinth and he's, he's counseling them saying, oh man, you know, like you, you, they were obsessing over like petty things, right? Who's, who's the best preacher or who, who had the best church? But Paul said, it's not about any of that. It's not about us. It's, about, it's always about Jesus, right? And this was his response. He says, but I brothers could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Let this never be said of our church, amen. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos and what is Paul? I love, I love how Paul talks. Servant, they are servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but 
God. Everybody say, but God. But God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Isn't that powerful? He who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. There we go. For we are God's fellow workers and you are God's field, God's building. Here we go. (laughs) According to the great grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. I love this. This is powerful. So Paul is talking about the power of the seed. And he's saying, I love it because there's such a tension here in the scripture. Because Paul is saying, hey, your part really doesn't matter. But then he's also saying, but your part matters. There's such a tension, right? So what's he saying? He's saying that we, I planted, Apollos watered, but God. God is the one that caused the seed to grow. Can any of you make a seed grow? Do you know how, right? Has anybody, like, do we know how to do it? No, it's like a mystery, right? When you plant a little seed and it can grow and produce tomatoes or whatever you planted, right? It's a mystery to us. But this is what's so good about God. God chooses to partner with his creation. He chooses to partner with us. He's given us a part to play. He put Adam and Eve in the garden and he said, till the ground. I love that. God didn't make us robots. He, 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 wants, he wants free will. He wants people that, that choose him and have relationship with him and choose to partner with him. And God is so good that he even creates people that he knows won't choose that. Isn't that amazing? But Paul, but Paul is saying here, listen, it's not about me. It's not about Apollos. It's not about that. It's about Jesus. Jesus is the one that causes the seed to grow. But he's also so good that he's given us a part to play. He's called us to plant and he's called us to water the seeds of faith. How many of you have a garden or a plant at home? How many of you are like not very good at watering it? Okay, I'm like, I have like, I have this one plant, we call it the miracle plant in my house because this goes against my point of the story, but we bar- I barely water it and the thing just comes back to life. It like raises from the dead. I ha- only have to water it like once every two weeks or something. It's amazing. But most plants, you have to continually water it, correct? And if you don't water it, what happens? It dies, right? We have a part to play. God is the one that does the miracle, but we have to plant the seed of faith and we have to water it in prayer, Amen. Amen. So when we were, Chris shared a little bit about this, but um, he, so this year has been, it's probably been one of the hardest, probably the hardest year of our life. And a lot of it's just on a spiritual level and there's been health struggles, et cetera. And Chris shared part of this before, so it's okay for me to share this. But there was um, probably a few months ago, um, he was given a, a bad news diagnosis. Have you ever been given a bad news diagnosis before, right? Well, he was told he was having some vision issues and so went to an amazing doctor um, who we love so much and they ran some tests and count, or got the opinion of another expert. And this expert gave a very bad diagnosis and said that 
I'm 90% sure, based on a brain scan, et cetera, that he has MS. How many of you say, no devil? And so I wasn't able to be with him because I was home with the kids. But he called and said, babe, pray. This is what they're saying. And immediately I heard in my spirit, this is not for me. And I said, babe, you do not have that. And I began to speak that over him. And he agreed. And we prayed together. I got off the phone. And it would have been really easy to call someone and just like, you know, I, I think I did text a couple of friends. I said, I can't talk, but just pray. Um, but you know what I did? I got on my knees and I prayed. I love this. Joyce Meyer, she always said, so many of you run to the phone when you should run to the throne. And can I tell you, when you are given bad news, some of you wonder, God, where are you? Let me ask you something. Are you listening to his voice? Are you asking him, what are you saying, Lord? Are you, you some of you are saying, well, I don't have a seed of faith. I, I beg to differ. I think God is always giving, handing out seeds of faith, but it's up to us whether we're gonna grab a hold of it. And I think the enemy's tactic is to keep us so distracted and busy or to talk ourselves out of it that we convince ourselves that that's not from God. I just think God is too good. He's always handing out seeds of faith, but we have to grab a hold of it. And so I, I, as I begin to pray, God began to speak very clearly to me, gave me scriptures, and he said, this is not of me, do not accept it. And I said, okay. We don't accept it, not at all. And so we got another opinion. It was of the same 90% sure. He ended up getting three doctors, expert doctor's opinions, all said 90%. But how many of you know we don't walk by what we see? We walk by faith. And how many of you are so thankful for doctors, so thankful for experts? But can I tell you, he ultimately is the great physician. He ultimately is the one who heals. He ultimately is the one who decides your future. And so it's so important that you hear from God. So I said, we're, gonna, we're getting away. We're going to go away for a few days. They were waiting on another test result. And it was just so awesome because I just love God because this is how he is. And God continued to give us seed after seed of faith. And you know what? We, I remember one time I was praying with Chris and I said, Chris, I see you in your old age. I see you as one of those like 70-year-old ripped men who you're like, you wear like the tank tops and the shorts and you like, you drink the green juices every morning and you run and you're like, gonna, you're going to be such a good runner. You're going to be running up mountains. I'm literally just speaking this over him. I kid you not, as I'm saying this, a commercial comes on of this exact scenario, this like ripped 70-year-old man drinking his green juice and running up a mountain. I have never to this day seen this commercial again. I'm telling you, I think it was the Holy Spirit who just put it on the TV. And I said, Chris, that's a seed. Grab it. And we got to grab a hold of it. That's a seed of faith. And I'm telling you, I am of the conviction that God is infinitely better than we could dream. He, it says that oh, no, eye could, could ima- no eye could see, no heart could imagine all that God has in store for him. I think God is handing out seeds more than we are grabbing a hold of them. But God will always give you the seed of faith. But it's our job to plant it and to water it. We have a part to play, as Paul said. God is the one that brings the miracle, but he's looking for your faith. He's looking for your faith. Will you believe? Will you trust me? Do you know what faith is? Faith is a belief in what you can't see. What you can't yet see. The Bible tells us this. Faith 
It's the substance of things hoped for. How many of you are you're hoping for something? Do you have hope in your heart? Faith is the substance. The, the, very, the very fact that you have faith, it's the proof. It says it's the evidence of things not yet seen. It's the evidence. The fact that you have even a little faith like a mustard seed, it's the evidence that it's going to come to pass. But you have to plant it and you have to water it. And some of you have been watering that seed for a long time. And you're like, I'm getting tired of watering it. Listen, it's God's God's timing is not our timing. But I do know one thing. If you keep watering the seed, it's going to grow. If you stop watering the seed, it's not going to grow. Keep planting. Keep watering. And see what God might do. We should be praying big prayers for our nation right now. We should be praying big prayers for our world right now. We need to be praying Big prayers for our families right now. Come on. The, the enemy is working overtime right now. But how many of you know God has given us the victory? And the victory is our faith. So we need to exercise our faith. Faith is a muscle. You've got to exercise it continually. You've got to continually work it. And the more you work it, the more it's going to grow. Amen? Amen. So... I want to ask you, what seeds are you planting in faith and watering in prayer? What things are you believing God for? Not just in your life, not just in your family, but right now for our nation, for our world. Man, there's a lot going on, guys. If we're not praying now, will we ever? Now is the time to pray. And the devil, I heard this said before, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. How many of you can say, yep, that's true in my life, right? I, I find a lot of times it's not so much that we find ourselves in sin and out of prayer, but we're just busy. And we're often busy with good things. Good things. I mean, I have seven children. I'm, that keeps me very busy. But can I tell you, prayer does not have to be this, this, this major event, a lot of times it is, and I love those times. I love when I can go into my prayer closet alone and I can just go after it in prayer. But a lot of times prayer is not like that. Prayer is just simply a, a whisper under our breath as we pass someone by. Lord, bless that person. Prayer is often I'm doing changing diapers and I'm folding laundry. Lord, bless my kids. Lord, uh, Lord, as I put as these clothes go on their body, I pray that you would robe them in righteousness, in your love, in your kindness. It's just, it's just simple. It's just continually talking to Jesus. It's saying, what are you, what are you saying? And I'm going to come into agreement, right? Remember, it's coming into alignment. What are you? Jesus did this so well. He said, I just do what I see the Father doing. I just do what I see Him doing. That's how we're meant to live. Jesus, what are you? What do you have for me today? Who do you want me to touch today? Who can I pray for today? Who in my life needs encouragement that I can encourage today? And can I tell you, there's two, two types of, two ways that we water seeds. I believe we water seeds in prayer, but I believe we also water seeds of faith in other people's lives. I believe, if you really think about it, when you pray, how does God answer your prayers? I would I would make the case that probably 90% of the time he uses people, right? He uses people to answer our prayers. Have you experienced this 
God, I'm so discouraged today. I need encouragement. What happens? Some person, gosh, you were on my heart today. I just, man, I was just thinking about you. And I send you an encouraging text. Isn't that powerful? This is how the kingdom of God works. So not only are we to water seeds of faith in prayer, but we are also meant to water seeds of faith in other people's lives. Some of you are so frustrated that God is not answering your prayers, but are you letting God use you to be the answer to someone else's prayer? Are you letting God use you to be the answer to someone else's prayer? Like I said, I just believe that God is just so good that if, 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 if this person, random Joe here, just sends a prayer and says, God, I just, I, I need encouragement today. God's like, I love you. Okay, you need encouragement? You, I, you got it. And he alerts people in your life. He alerts people. Hey, hey, Joe needs encouragement today. Joe, can you send him a text? Can you, can you do something for him? Can you send him, hey, he needs, he needs money. Can you buy him some groceries? Have you experienced this in your life? When you're just going about your day and a random person drops in your heart and the Holy Spirit says, hey, send him a text. Hey, this person needs money. Hey, this person. That's how good our God is. He is so so good that he is always using us to answer one another's prayers. And some of us, you're like wondering, God, why are my prayers being answered? But I love what Pastor Mark said earlier, to the measure that you give, it will be measured back to you. Are you seeing a return on your seed? If not, maybe say, God, whose seed can I water? Whose seed can I water? We had a powerful, uh, as I was thinking on this message, the Holy Spirit just reminded me of this story. And I just felt like I was supposed to share it because I think it just illustrates this point so powerfully. But we were in um, Wash, or, <laughs> Washington, D.C. We were in Disney World in 2016. And someone in our church blessed us with a trip. And it, it ended up being right before we conceived for the first time. So it was such an, just an amazing blessing. And um, anyways, while we were there, we had our big three were still kind of little. So, so they were here and we went to Disney World. <laughs> and they were still young enough that they didn't really get it, you know. But then, like, while we were there, they were like, we would FaceTime them. And they're like, wait a second. Wait, wait. You're with Mickey Mouse? Or you're with, you know, like, they were, like, starting to. So, anyways, I, I remember this particular day um, in Disney World. My phone had died. And I was so, so sad because I wanted to FaceTime the kids earlier that night. If you've been to Disney World or Disneyland, you know that a an outlet is very hard to find. Now, maybe this has been updated since we were there. I don't know. But we could not find an outlet anywhere to charge our phone. And we were just praying. We're like, Lord, we, we know you care about all, you, you care about everything, Lord. So just help us to find a charger. And we prayed that, like, simple prayer. Well, that night, we were, had a restaurant, or we, there was this one restaurant that Chris loved. And, like, the whole trip, he was, like, talking about, he couldn't wait to eat there. So we go early, we put our name in, and it was going to be about an hour wait. So we're, we were so hungry. We're like, well, let's just go eat somewhere while we wait for <laughs> while we wait for this reservation. So we found this other place and got like a churro or something. How many of you know the Disney World, Disneyland churros are the best? And we were snacking while we were waiting. Well, we get back to the restaurant and um, we're still, they still haven't called our name or whatever. And there's tons of people in the waiting area. And I overhear, we're kind of by the front desk. So I overhear, I see this mom and her son come in and I could 
overhear their conversation. And from what I got, she was visiting her son from college. And this was like their one night together. And it was his birthday. And something had got mixed up with the reservation. They had gotten it wrong. So they weren't able to seat them that night. And so I gave Chris the look. <laughs> and, he w- and he was like, babe. No, I'm just kidding. Because if you know my husband, he has the most generous heart. But he was like, I'm, he was so looking forward to this, this meal. And I was like, babe, please. <laughs> and he was like, of course. So I, I ran after them and I told them, I'm like, you know what? You can have our table. I, I hope you don't, I overheard. I'm sorry. And, um, and she just couldn't believe it. She was like, oh my gosh, thank you. We went back and told the restaurant people, they're going to take our reservation. Well, the restaurant people were so shocked by that and were so nice that they were like, okay, we're going to get you a table. So we were like, oh my gosh, really? Wow, thank you so much. So right after these people got seated, they gave us, they took us to a table. And we were just blown away because this is how amazing God is. We get to the table. I think there's a picture. There's Chris at the table. But then look what was there. (laughs) An outlet. And I was like, I just remember, I just was laughing. And it might sound like a silly thing, but it was one, you know, like one of those times where like, God, that was so you. Like, that is amazing. Like, and I just love it because isn't that God? The pathway to the answer to our prayer was to be the answer to someone else's prayer. We never would have gotten the answer to our prayer had we not given our table away. We never would have had that table with an outlet if we had not given away our table. And I just love it because this is the way God has designed us to live. This is the life God has called us to, the adventurous life, where I believe that prayer is not just getting in your closet and praying. I believe prayer, how do we pray? First Thessalonians tells us to pray without ceasing. How do we do that? Well, Jesus modeled that so well. He he said, I, like I said earlier, he said, I see what the Father is doing, and I respond in obedience. Our very interactions with people are prayers to God. When we stop to talk to that person, or we bless that person, or we pray for that person, these are, I believe, prayers up to God that pleases the heart of the Father. Because we are saying, God, I'm willing to be inconvenienced. I'm willing to put aside my my insecurity, my pride, my ego, whatever it is, and to be used by you. Amen? Amen. We were sitting at Rembrandt's the other day, and um, and Chris and I have been praying this. We're like, God, we, we want to live this way. You know, we want to live on mission wherever we go. Wherever you go, there are people who need the love of Jesus. Amen? Especially right now. The world needs powerful prayers, but it also needs people that are unafraid, that are perfected by the love of Jesus, that are stepping out of their comfort zone, that are being willing to be used by him, okay? There's a lot of weird in our world right now. Don't be afraid to be weird for Jesus, okay? If you're gonna be weird, be weird for Jesus, okay? Step out of your comfort zone and be weird for Jesus. I mean, I remember we were sitting at this table and I just, I looked over and I saw this older gentleman and he was sitting at a, at a table alone. And I was like, how many of you are like, no, I can't handle that. Now my husband would love that. He'd be like, he's like, babe, he's great. 
he's happy. He's like, because that's how, that's what, that's how he would be, right? And I'm like, but he's alone. I'm like, you know. So then my daughter got in on it, and my daughter, she was like, she was like, Dad, and she was like giving the puppy eyes. And so my daughter and I were trying to figure out a way, how can we get his attention? Because I'm like, I don't want him to be alone. And anyways, I, he was trying to get a hold of the waiter. And so I was like, hey. <laughs> I was like, do you need me to get someone for you? <laughs> I was just like, my husband, I embarrass him all the time. But, um, and he was like, oh, that'd be great. Thank you. And I'm like, well, just come over with us. <laughs> just come and sit. And he ends up coming over with us. And he tells us his whole story. He, he served in the Air Force for 25 years. Like his story was absolutely incredible. Him and his wife were just visiting um, from, from Nampa. They live in Nampa. But, and we just got to spend time with him. It was so amazing for my kids to see to get to honor someone who has given their life for our country. And it was just a beautiful time of getting to just bless this person. And I just was like, gosh, we could have missed that. We could have missed it, you know? And I just think a lot of time the seeds that God is handing to us, they're inconvenient. But Jesus was always willing to be inconvenienced. The great stories that we read about in the Bible, if you really read them, they're usually when Jesus was not planning, right? It says Jesus was interrupted. Jesus was, Jesus was pulled aside. I love that. Jesus was always willing to be inconvenienced. Amen? Amen. So one last story. I know I'm telling a lot of stories, but this, this preacher, when I was an intern, came and this story just always stuck with me because I was like, God, I want to I wanna have that kind of faith. And he was sharing a story of a young man in his church that had joined his church from, with a very unusual story or experience. And this young man was on the brink of suicide. And he was like giving God one last chance. And he was going into a grocery store, I believe it was that day. And he said, God, if you're real, and if you love me, and if you care about me and you have a plan for me, then I need someone in that store to do a cartwheel and then I will know you're real. Now, you might be like, oh, that's silly. But hey, like I said, I just believe our Father in heaven is so good. He's like, all right, you need a cartwheel? I'll get you a cartwheel. And I believe God, he loved this young man so much. He was alerting everybody in that store to do a cartwheel. Surprisingly, not many people responded, right? But God blessed this one soul who heard heard the Holy Spirit say, do a cartwheel. I don't know what, what, what he was thinking, but he was prompted by the Holy Spirit and he did a cartwheel in the same aisle that this man was walking down. This young man could not believe it, broke down into tears, was stunned and said, okay, God, you're real, ends up giving his life to Jesus, gets saved, gets planted in the church. Absolutely incredible story. And when I heard that, it's always stuck with me. I'm like, God, I want to have cartwheel faith. I want to have cartwheel faith, God, that I want to be willing to be used by you, that if someone, someone's making a request, and I mean, we've all been there before, right? Like where you're like, God, I feel like you're telling me to do this. This is really weird. This is really uncomfortable, but I'm just going to do it afraid and do it anyways. This is the kind of faith. These are the kinds of people that God is going to use right now on the earth. Are you willing to look silly? Are you willing to be inconvenienced? Are you willing to put your pride aside and be used by God? Because I just believe God is so good. God didn't, God didn't tell that, God didn't need a car wheel, but he said, okay, you need a car wheel? 
I'll get you a cartwheel. I just believe God is so good. How many of you parents are in here? What would you not do for your child, right? What would you not do for your child? How much greater is our Father in heaven? How much greater is our God that when you pray, I believe he alerts people in your life and he says, will you, will you reach out to them? Will you help them? Will you bless them? Will you serve them? Will you counsel them? I want us, Capital Church, to be better at listening to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. Let's grab a hold of those seeds and say, maybe, maybe this isn't you, God, but I'm just going to grab it by faith and I'm going to do it anyways. I'm telling you, God is pleased with that. Faith pleases God. It pleases him. And the more you exercise that faith muscle, the more you step out in faith, the more you pray bold prayers, God will continue to do radical, incredible things in and through your life. Amen? One last scripture and then we're gonna close. The prayer of the righteous person avails much. Elijah knew this well. That scripture Sal read earlier, it says that he was, a, he, we, he was a man of great faith and he also understood the authority that he had been given to pray. So much so that he prayed for three and a half years that it would not rain and it did not rain. But then God came to him and said, I'm going to bring the rain. And I love Elijah. He believed. He said, okay. He grabbed a hold of it. And then the scripture comes and it says, beginning in verse 41, and Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound, a sound. Where did he, did he hear that in the natural or in the spiritual? He heard it in the spiritual. There is a sound of the rushing of the rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. And he bowed himself down on the earth and he put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. And he went up and he looked and he said, there is nothing. And he said, go again. Seven times he did this. And at the seventh time, he said, behold, a little cloud, like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. This is powerful. Elijah, all he needed was a tiny seed. He said, that little cloud, the size of a man's hand, that most people would brush off and not even call a cloud. Let's be real. Most people would be like, there's like a little flutter of white up there. He said, no, that's enough for me. That's a sign, that's the evidence that I need that God is about to do what he said he's going to do. He said, prepare the chariots, get ready for the rain is coming. Can I tell you, the rain is coming in our nation. Get ready, pray bold prayers, pray big prayers. God wants to use you. He wants to use us in this hour. He is saying, Where the, where's the faith of Elijah? Where's the faith of Elijah to look up and say, I see a cloud. It's tiny. It's barely even a cloud, but it's enough for me. I'm grabbing a hold of it by faith, and I know it's the evidence. 
do what he said he is going to do. I'm telling you, God is about to do incredible things in our world. God is about to do incredible things in our nation. Though it tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. Our God is faithful. He always has the last word. And we need to hear from heaven. I love Elijah. He said, I hear the sound in the spirit. I'm telling you what, if you are only watching the news, if you are only consuming social media, you will not see what God is doing. You need to tune in and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You need to have eyes of faith that will see. I'm telling you what the enemy right now, his plan is so prevalent, right? It's like in our faces. It's like, it's, it's just, we can't escape it. But let me remind you something. God is infinitely greater than the enemy. He who is in us is greater than the one in the world. We have been given authority to bind and loose on earth and to say, I know what I see with my natural eyes, but I know what God is saying to me by faith. And therefore I call this circumstance into alignment with the will of God. We are to pray on earth as it is in heaven. And those prayers are powerful. They are effective. The prayer, I love it. It says, Elijah was a man just like us. James 5 says, Elijah was a man just like us. The centurion was a man just like us. They're nobody special. They just choose to believe that God is who he says he is. We just need to believe God is who he says he is. And therefore, he will do what he says he is going to do. God is not a man that he could lie. If he has spoken to you, if he has given you, a, if God has given you a word, he is not a man that he could lie. If he has given you a word for your family, you call that thing into existence. If he has given you a word for our nation, you call that thing into existence. You say, I will not be swayed by what I see with natural eyes, but I will set my mind on things above, not on things below. Our God is able. Our God is faithful. I love that song we sang earlier. There's, what, what was the lyrics? There's no mountain he won't climb up. No shadow he won't light up. No wall he won't kick down. Come on, that's who our God is. He is after you. He is after me. He is after the nations of the world. And God will not be mocked. He is not a liar. If he gave us promises, which he has, he will bring them to pass. But we are called to partner with him. God wants, you think, God, God, God has a will for our planet right now. God, God is not willing that any should perish. He wants all to come to repentance. Do you think he's grieved by the darkness and the sin on our earth right now? Yes, he is. He is grieved. And he's looking. He said, but if my people, if my people would just pray, if my people would just understand the authority I've given them, if my people would just understand the power of a seed, and rather than throwing it to the wayside, they would grab it and plant it and water it in faith. Watch what I will do. Our God is good. He is great. Amen? So my question to us today, what seeds am I watering in prayer? And what seeds am I watering in those around me. This is the adventurous life 
God has called us to. Our world needs prayer and our world needs a people that are in sync with heaven, that are aligned with heaven, that are bold, that are fearless, that are perfected in his love, that are kind, that are generous, that are giving, that, are, that trust God no matter what. This is what our world desperately needs right now. The church is the answer to the brokenness in the world. And God is building his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. Go ahead and close your eyes. I want to pray for us. I feel so strongly that this week when I was praying, I felt like there were maybe a few, maybe many, who you have been prevailing in prayer. You have been fighting the good fight of faith. And God is proud of you. He's pleased with you. But I felt that you've grown weary. You've grown weary. You've found yourself maybe too distracted to pray. And I just felt today that God wanted to come and ignite a fresh passion and hunger. He wants to say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. I've heard your prayers. I'm, I'm working as you're praying. Keep praying. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep, keep stepping out in faith. God is pleased with you. And then maybe you're in here and you say, gosh, I, I need that passion. I haven't had that passion. And I, I've, I've felt that my prayers, they're not effective and they don't really matter. Wherever you find yourself today, Lord, I thank you right now that you come and you would encourage every heart in here this morning. God, that we would truly be a house of prayer, a people of prayer. God, forgive us if we've grown weary in prayer. Forgive us if we've stopped praying. Forgive us if we've not believed. We humble ourselves before you today and we ask for your mercy. We ask God for a fresh start. You said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. I thank you today that you would fill us up to overflowing. We would be so filled up, oh God, that our lives would overflow with your goodness and your kindness to a hurting and broken world. Put fresh faith inside of us today. Thank you, Jesus, for faith to believe for the impossible like never before. In Jesus' mighty name. One last thing. I want to pray for those who need healing in their body. You've been asking God, believing God, crying out to God for healing. I feel like this morning God wants to do a miracle in your body. If that's you, can you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? Hands all over. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know what I love about our Jesus? He, he, the Bible says that he knelt down and he touched the leper. What's so powerful about that is that in that culture, it was actually against the law to touch a leper. Jesus didn't care. And Jesus 
defied the law, touched the leper, and what was in Jesus got on the leper, not the other way around. What was in Jesus got on the leper. That same authority has been entrusted to us to pray for the sick. And I thank you, Jesus, right now that you desire to heal. You said, I am willing. It is your desire, your will to heal those who are hurting, sick, broken, diseased. And I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you would come and you would send your word and heal. Just like that centurion, God, you need only say the word. And in that moment, the servant was healed. Lord, we send your word right now. And we thank you for the power in your name, Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, everything must bow. Sickness, disease has to bow to the name of Jesus. So we right now, we lose healing and we thank you that sickness would be bound and we, God, would now feel, God, I pray a change in our physical bodies. Maybe it's in our minds, whatever it is. I thank you for the breakthrough, the healing to come right now because you are good and you are faithful. And if you believe that, I received that this morning. Can you give God some praise in this house this morning? Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.